We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Stender, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. To share your thoughts about this podcast or others, please visit facebook.com slash jcastnetwork. I just want to state for the record that I didn't forget it was May. I had like a temporary moment, but I know that today is Star Wars Day. I wore my Star Wars socks. Uh, and I will say, may the fourth be with you. Uh, I have uh, some Star Wars uh, uh, thoughts, but I'm going to reserve them for Avner's bar mitzvah uh, at uh, Mincha. Uh, so stick around, and and, uh, and and you'll get to hear me nerd out about that. But I actually wanted to nerd out about something else this morning, uh, which uh, which is Game of Thrones. So if there is, if there are true Game of Thrones fans in the congregation today, you'll know the proper response to what I am about to say. Valar Morgulis. Okay, so the uh, proper response to the High Valyrian salutation, Valar Morgulis, is Valar Doharis. What do either of those mean? Valar Morgulis means all men must die. And Valar Doharis means all men must serve. That's the call and that's the response, the greeting in High Valyrian in Game of Thrones. I noticed that in this past week's episode of Game of Thrones, which was an, uh, an epic battle sequence stretched out over an hour and a half, incredible television, uh, although the critics have been somewhat unkind to it, I think maybe a little bit unfair, but that's not neither here nor there. Uh, but there's a scene at the, uh, at the beginning of, uh, of the battle sequence where a character goes up to one of the uh, warriors who comes from a part of the world where they still speak Valyrian, and she says to the character, Valar Morgulis, and he responds, Valar Doharis. And I didn't know what it meant, or I didn't remember. I remember what the first part meant, that it meant all men must die. I didn't remember what the second part meant, so I Googled it and saw that the greeting and response was all men must die and all men must serve. I said, that's incredibly profound. That the notion, the truth, that we are all of us mortal, that we all live on borrowed time and temporary time in this world is a reality. How exactly we will meet our end, we, most of us don't know. When exactly, when exactly it will be, most of us don't know. But the truth is that all of us one day will. It's something that we reflect on and encounter, especially at Yom Kippur. And I was thinking about Yom Kippur this week. I was speaking at the Chrysalis Institute uh, at their annual event uh, on Thursday evening. And um, I was asked to reflect on how the relationship between inner work and outer work and that thinking about that topic brought me to Yom Kippur 
and to the prayer that we recite at the height of the Yom Kippur service, Unetane Tokef, which has the haunting refrain of who will live and who will die in the coming year. That's the awesome power of the day of Yom Kippur, is the recognition of our mortality. It's why there's a tradition of wearing kittles on Yom Kippur, white robes on Yom Kippur, because they remind us of the tachrichim, of the burial shrouds, in which Jews are traditionally laid to rest. And we fast, we neither eat nor drink, nor bathe, nor engage in intimacy. All of these, in, in a sense, put us in a position of rehearsing for death on Yom Kippur. And in Unetane Tokef, we acknowledge that the power of the day is in that rehearsing for death, in that recognition that each day in the coming year might be our last, and what will we do with the knowledge that each coming day in the year might be our last. And the response of Unetana Tokef is Uchuva Utfila Utsidaka Ma'avirin et Roa Hagzera. That repentance, prayer, righteous deeds overturn the harshness of our fate. In other words, the response to the reality of our mortality that we offer on Yom Kippur is to be engaged in service, to live out our days as if they might be the last, but not in Epicureanism, not in revelry, not eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, rather to use each day as fully as we can in the service of something bigger, in the service of something better, in the service of something greater than ourselves. All men must die, all men must serve. That's what we say on Yom Kippur. And as I was thinking about that reality of Yom Kippur and how it is reflected in this, I think, beautiful expression that was created by George R.R. R. Martin for Game of Thrones, it struck me that it is also reflected in our Torah portion. Torah portion begins, Achrei mot Aaron. It begins after the death of the two sons of Aaron. It begins with Valar Margolis, all people will die. It begins with death. And it ends almost at the very end of the Torah portion. We have this verse, a famous verse in a sense. That uh, uh, you should observe my laws and my statutes that a person will do them, that a man will do them, and live through them. I am the Lord. We begin with the reality of mortality, and we end with service. These are the laws and the statutes that a person should do, and through that, you will live. Now, what does that mean? That notion of v'chai bahem in this portion is a matter of some conversation among the rabbis. Because they acknowledge, what does that mean, v'chai bahem, that you'll live through them? 
right? Certainly, we don't really believe that people will have infinite life if they observe the commandments, that that's the reward for observing the commandments, is that you, that's the tree of life, that you get to live forever. You eat from the fruits, and you live forever if you keep Shabbos. And it's the reality that even people who are extremely observant, who observe these commandments, they die too. So what does it mean, v'chai bahem, that you will live through them? Well, so some of the rabbis say that v'chai bahem is an instructive. V'chai bahem v'lo she'amut bahem, that you should live through them and not that you should die through them. So that if a commandment conflicts with the needs of life and death, or if you need to save a life in order, uh, if you need to break a commandment in order to save a life, then you are not only allowed to, but obligated to do it because of v'chai bahem, you should live through them. That's one take that the rabbis have. But Rashi reads it a little bit differently. Rashi says, V'chai bahem le'olam haba. You live through them in the world to come. Now, I've actually had a lot, strangely, of conversations this week about, uh, about uh, what Jews believe about uh, the Messiah and the Messianic era and heaven and hell. And of course, that is reflected in the Jewish concept of olam haba, the world to come. That maybe it is where we go after we die, that's heaven, or maybe it is an olam haba, a world that is coming, a new world order, a new kind of world that will come in the Messianic era. Maybe it's either of those things. I like to think of it as a world beyond space and time. Olam in Hebrew is not only a spatial term, but a temporal term as well. In that sense, I think Hebrew anticipated Einstein in the equation between space and time. But olam is both space and it's time. It's both the world or the universe, and it is also infinite, infinity. And so if we read what Rashi is saying here in that sense, that if you engage in this kind of service, if you dedicate your life to the practices and the high ideals, the intimate ritual, and also the business of repairing the world that is embedded in all of the laws and statutes that are referenced in this verse, you will, the Chaibahem, you will merit life in the world to come. You will merit life eternal. Not, of course, in a literal sense, because we all men must die but in a true sense nevertheless. Because when we engage in a sacred deed, when we engage in act of service, our deeds live beyond our doing them. They live beyond us. They continue to live even after us. We heard today some beautiful reflections of how people were holding memories of their loved ones in your sights. Because because the loved ones continue to bless us even after death because those who engage in sacred acts live on even after they are gone. 
When you engage in service, you live beyond death. And that's why the response to all men must die is all men must serve. Because we are on borrowed time. We only have a limited amount of time. And so we give of that time in the service of the good and in the service of others, in the service of high ideals, in the service of making the world a better place. And when we do that, we do not really die. We continue to endure. It was not lost on me as I was reflecting on these ideas that I would be giving this Dvar Torah achremot after death because of the tragedy that occurred just last Shabbat in Poway, California at the Chabad Synagogue. And I didn't think that in the span of a year, I never thought that in the span of a year I would have to give two sermons on a Shabbat achrei mot, on a Sabbath after innocent, beautiful Jewish souls were taken from this world by horrific acts of terror and malicious gunmen. I didn't think as I embraced Judaism as a young man and then journeyed to become a rabbi, I was committed to building a Judaism and building an approach to Jewish life and communicating the, the, the beauty and the joy of Judaism a rationale for engaging in this sacred work and in the sacred community that was beyond because they hate us and because they try to kill us. So that's why we need to come together. And I'm still committed to that. But I also find myself on this Shabbat acharei mot, this Shabbat after death, to also say, that in the wake of that kind of tragedy, in the wake of the reality of our mortality, in the wake of knowing that whether it is an illness or whether it is a gunman, we don't know when our last day is going to be, and the response to that is engaging in the sacred work we are charged to do. Because we don't know when the last day is that we are going to be able to do it. And because doing it stands in defiance of the mortality which is a reality for all of us. Because when we engage in mitzvot, we chai by him. We live through them. We endure through them. It is why the rabbi of the Chabad synagogue, in the days following, put out a call to all Jews. Do mitzvot. Engage in this sacred service. Fill the shuls. Come to shul. Not because it's a nice opportunity to fill the pews, but because there's something meaningful in doing it because that's the response to achremot. That's the response to mortality. Is ushmartem, observe, serve, the chaybahem. And when you do that, you will live. We live 
in scary and dangerous times, in which every day we encounter the reality Valar Mogulis, that all of us will, one way or another, one day will meet our end. But the wisdom echoed in Game of Thrones and affirmed throughout our tradition and in this, week, in this week's Parsha is Valar Doharis, that all of us must serve.